day. So every day we start fresh because we can't affect the past, but we damn sure can make a difference today. Welcome to episode 30 of Shop Talk. Jennifer and Carrie here. And today we're doing another fun crossover. We have Jules and Lauren from The Locker Room, um, a One Chicago podcast. Um, and they're here to kind of talk about playing clothes day and, you know, just kind of like talk about Jennifer with us. So welcome, guys. Hello. Hey. hey. Thanks so, for having us. Yeah. Oh, I'm so excited to talk about all, all of this. So. This gets to be my first rookie gush, and I already have gushed about Berzik so much that this is like turning a new leaf. I'm really excited. Yeah, <laughs> and you're like still starting the the show too, so it'll be cool to hear your thoughts. Um, yes. But like we're, we don't really have any news because we're on a mini hiatus. Um, so Jules, we we kind of talked about it before we started recording, but like, where are you currently at in your rookie binge? Yes. Okay. So I was bit, I binged the first 13 and then we decided to do the 14th for this episode. So I was like, you know, I need to go in the only person that probably still has hope with the characters. Like you guys have probably all been beaten down. So I have stopped. I've only watched up until 14. And so I have not continued. And now that we're recording this, I, you know, I'll keep up the binge afterwards. Yeah. But like, you know what happens like later on in the seasons, right? Yeah. Like, of course I couldn't have totally avoid Twitter spoilers. Cause there was mm-hmm. definitely like a few weeks where all of a sudden everyone on my timeline was watching it. So it was like a giant watch thread. So I definitely have seen some spoilers. Like, um, I get to talk about Jackson later and like triggered, but yeah. I have a, tried to avoid like anything big because I still like to be surprised. I've, I'm not a spoiler person. Like I like to be surprised by shows and then have it ruined me, I guess. Gotcha. Yeah. So like you won't go and like look up at the Wikipedia <laughs> exactly. page. Yeah, definitely. For me, like it just depends on if the show's still airing. Like for The Office, I've done that. I've done that part of my binge. So like I've went on to the Wikipedia page and like looked it up, but yeah, for the rookie, it was like, nope, keeping it all secret. I had to um, like wait to text you for like some of it. Cause I had already seen everything yeah. you were, hadn't watched yet. So. Um, so like, who are your top three favorite characters? Like for both of you? Well, mine, I guess just because I'm at the beginning still, I love Angela. Mm-hmm. Like, cannot get enough of her um of course I love Lucy like how cute and precious an angel and then I like I said I love Jackson too because I once again like it's like they're just both precious little babies and I love that in a character yeah mine are love Lucy Tim Bradford gotta shout out my man and Angela definitely top three and then also Wesley but yeah (laughs) love him too yeah i love i love that wesley's had more of a role this season yes not a not my favorite a little stressful right now but yeah yeah carrie can agree because i just trash over that man at all hours nope john ashmore was in the following i don't know if any of you guys watched that with kevin bacon Mm-hmm. I, I know his no. role. I it was role, such so I that I watched that years ago. It was on Netflix and it was so good. And I was just so in love with him. So when he popped up on the rookie, and he's only been on one episode that I've seen so far, I was just beside myself. 
Yeah. He was in Cadet Kelly, the DCOM. <gasps> oh my God. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I know him from. Yeah. Ugh. His blue eyes. I will talk about them all day, every day. He's so fabulous. Okay. Um. So then, like, I know, I know I've seen your watch at Jules, but like you mm-hmm. were talking about Tim and you were like, oh man, I don't know about this guy. And everyone's just like, you got to give it some time. But what was your like first impression of him and the show in general? Oh, you guys. Okay. Well, I definitely wasn't expecting coming from PD and especially recent PD. It's mm-hmm. like doom and gloom. So yeah. getting into the rookie, I was so surprised by like the lightheartedness already and like how easily the episodes go by um and also I had never really looked into it so I didn't realize the dynamic was that like it was rookies paired with like their cadet or training officer and so that whole thing I'm just totally obsessed with because the trope of Tim being the one to train Lucy like I didn't know I was getting into that and so by the first episode I was like oh crap you guys like this is what you're already getting me into and he for sure was not what I expected but I was talking to Lauren about it the other day because I was saying that him and Adam Ruzik were opposites because I was like oh Tim seems very like grumpy and you know and then Adam to me is like a little teddy bear and Lauren's like oh girl just give it time so I feel like I still have a lot to learn yeah What about you, Lauren? What was your like first impression of the show and characters? So I started the show for Chenford. We have, Jules and I have a mutual friend. Their name is Casey. And they were like, you need to watch this show. And then I would listen to Shop Talk too, because I got, <laughs> and I would have absolutely zero idea who any of the characters were, anything that was happening. But I was like, it's so much fun hearing people like be excited. But like, I don't know, it's just like fun. I was just like, I yeah. love it. So I was like, okay, I need to start the show. So I finally just like, it's hard for me to start new TV shows. I just feel like it's just such a big commitment and I just takes me forever. But once I started, I'm like, in, I looked at it. It took me 13 days to watch, like to catch up, like all through three seasons. <laughs> I was like in it, <laughs> but I loved it. I, I like, it was nice because the pilot episode, you immediately fall in love with all of the characters. Like they just kind of give you such a good um like you just get to know them so well and you kind of get a good feel for them and you just like they become your little babies right off the bat so it's just like I loved it right like and so it was easy to binge but yeah so like Carrie how long did it take you to binge it oh um well I watched it during quarantine so I kind of it probably took me like a week to do the first season but that was because um I had to like find somewhere to watch it um and but then like the second season was on Hulu so I went through that probably a couple weeks to get through two seasons or well like it I think I was like 214 maybe was the last episode that it aired at that time so it was about halfway through season two I don't know how long it took me and that's probably a good thing that I don't um but I think if I remember right I watched it backwards like I started season two because it was on Hulu and then season one came on to Hulu I totally watched it backwards (laughs) that's hilarious but like I don't know I liked season one but season two is like my fave because Nyla oh okay so good yeah so good um 
who's like your favorite partnership and then like favorite chef on the show my favorite partnership I would say is Angela and Jackson for sure and then my ship obviously is Chenford but Lopez is like really close behind yeah Chenford just gets like it's just the slow burn like knowing what's gonna happen is just like it's top tier it's good it's good stuff yeah I would feel like is there a correct answer to this besides Chenford in all honesty I mean no because I feel like a lot of people just love Chenford and then like Wopez is a close second which is a disservice to Wopez because they are like the only canon ship on the show I could see them taking well I could see them getting up there for me because of my love for both Angela and Mm -hmm. Sean Ashmore and I just feel like I'm gonna have it have it bad for Wesley but he hasn't really been in it enough for me to be like a full full sender yeah when the the first episode that he was in with you were they fighting or yeah that- he was like he was like defending and then she arrested him yes yeah and I and so like good. that oh I will I will eat that up that I know I was like anyway. then, I was like I know they met two seconds ago but can they kiss because oh, immediately yeah <laughs> Jules, if you love that, then Wopez is definitely going to be your ship. Because yeah, like, I feel like I might be, I might be simping down the wrong, the wrong rabbit hole. I might be falling for Wopez. I mean, like debate is their foreplay. Like everyone says that. So. Oh no, they're gonna get me so good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm terrified. There's way more. Like there's way more from their like debut when they like argue back and forth. Mm-hmm. There's like way more where that came from. Just- <laughs> Oh, no. or flirty tones as opposed to Angela wants to smack Wesley yeah so, definitely more flirty than that oh no not the, not the enemies to lovers but like it's the sexual tension too that is just like I mean it's top tier content oh, yeah I'm terrified for my future <laughs> well I mean just wait until season four because he becomes like a regular so okay good but like also his storyline is like stress. yeah it's just stress how am I gonna survive this and Chicago PD at the same time like you guys are gonna <laughs> throw me in the deep end I feel like I'm gonna drown you don't you don't survive it at the same no. time but it's a good thing that the rookie's on Sundays so like you can you have like three days to catch up and like that does give me time to cope because I honestly thought it was on Thursdays and that's just not enough emotional leeway yeah. there no no, you're good with it being on Sundays. And Sunday, like nothing else is on TV. So it's like perfect. Only one episode per night. It's like Chicago yeah. Wednesdays. I really have to go through it. Like it's a marathon. Yeah. And I feel like a rookie will be a nice little breath of fresh air on a Sunday. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. It's like one and done, you know. Wow. A whole new world. <laughs> um, so I feel like we should just jump right into like the episode and just talk about Chenford because why not like what else do we do on this podcast when you texted and you were like oh like the outlines up you guys can pick your storylines and I saw Chenford I was like oh fine I guess I'll talk about Chenford I guess I'll do that part if I have to fine I'll do it I'll do it take it away so in the beginning says which is a day where the rookies are basically like on their own and they're training officers there but they are like silent observers and so Tim was talking about how 
he's had 11 rookies bounce from the program during playing close day and that he's looking to make it an even dozen, which already you just know that the good angst is coming. Mm-hmm. The good angst is coming. So the first scene with Tempered is Lucy's loading their gear into the shop and immediately um, she gets into the passenger side door and Tim is like, what are you doing? And she's like, or, oh wait, I totally lied. Just kidding. Don't know what I'm doing. Anyways, they're getting the gear and Tim, this is the most important part and I just missed it. Okay. (laughs) He He hands her an envelope. Hello. What am I talking about? He hands her an envelope and he says, I already filled out your evaluation. And she's like, but we haven't even left yet. He's like, yeah, I know, but I already know how today's going to go. So Lucy's like, no, you're just trying to get into my head and she isn't going to fall for it. And then immediately as she says that she gets into the passenger side door when she obviously should have gotten the driver's side door because it's all, that's her. She's leading the lean it today and then she buckles in and she like looks straight ahead and tim is just like looking at her through the window and she's like then she finally realizes and she's like gets she's like oh then she gets out and gets into the driver's side and then tim gives her the envelope and he tells her don't open it till end of shift and lucy looks at him and says whatever you wrote in there i'm gonna prove you wrong and then he goes i knew you say that it's in there which it's just so good. Their banter is A1. He knows how to get under yeah. her skin so easily. It's so good. And half of it's like his facial expressions. It's just like, you just- yeah. okay. So, like, if you guys have seen my dog, my dog is grumpy, like grumpy cat dog version. And I feel like that's Tim and human version. His face. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. That's so true, though. Yeah. I mean, like, Carrie will do tweets about them and like you know how they are a trope so yeah isn't it like tall and small or no grumpy and sunshine right yes that is yeah they own that they own that tall and small but like grumpy and sunshine that is them like I will die on that hill I also love how like we're 14 episodes in so like they've probably worked together for what like two weeks maybe at this point because they do like two shifts or whatever well, um, she said, wait, 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 it's been like months though. Cause like Lucy had already ridden with him for like two months. In, like, oh, okay. I think that they said at the beginning something about how like, because like they had reached a certain month. Point. It was That's like a right. hundred. Why they could something. do there. Yeah. That's right. But like, he already knows how to get under her skin, like, and does it effortlessly. Like, I love that. Oh yeah. Watching this, like jumping into this episode, I feel like their, their dynamic is already so set in stone and like everyone else is figuring each other out still and they've all kind of got it under but those two it's just different I don't even know they mm-hmm. just the way they function together without even speaking and they can like communicate I don't know Ugh. they were perfectly casted like truly those two they are like their duo and like the way the banter and the way they portray Tim and Lucy is just so good it's so good so they are driving along and they she sees a power company van it's like it's just like this blue van and then there's a man on the electrical box and he is like pointing a like a camera up at this house window um and as they keep driving lucy's like just kind of realizes that something's wrong with that image and she turns around and then see sees that the man is filming a girl changing inside of her window that he's filming and the man starts running and when he doesn't stop she hits him with the shop's door and then she arrests him 
And she's all proud of herself after she's like, did you include this in your arrest evaluation, Officer Bradford? And he just, Tim did not say a word the entire time at all. And she's going, and he's just like leaning up against the van, texting on his phone. And she's going over everything she did when arresting the guy. And she says that they're good to go. And I mean, and then she looks at him and she's like, what? And looking at Tim's face and he replies saying, he's like, I didn't say anything. She's like, but you're giving me the look. And then he goes, what look? That look. She doesn't let, and then she doesn't let the look affect her telling him that she made a solid pinch and they leave the scene. Let's discuss that look. The look. She knows that there's a look. She just knows him so well. Like they both, they both know each other so well. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like they can just communicate like that or he's just staying there, which by the way, leaning against that van, mm, chef's, chef's kiss, chef's Isn't that Henley? Yes, please. But the, just that whole moment too. And then also just the fact, like, I do appreciate the fact that like he knew she was screwing up that whole time and he's like (laughs) non-verbally telling her, but at the same time, he does let her make her own mistake. Like Mm -hmm. same with what Talia does later, but I just, I don't know. I appreciate that. He doesn't like baby her or try to um, throw it in her face right then. He kind of lets her figure it out on her own. The best couples are the ones that like, don't even have to say anything, but they already know each other. Like they know what each other is thinking. Burzak, Upstead, (laughs) Stellaride, all of them. It's true. I'm trying to think of other ships too. Uh, Rolisi in SVU. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my one episode i've watched they just if you guys watch the last episode when they had that look and he's like are we good and she's like we're good oh oh my god i'm gonna vomit and she was like i'm just sad for you like why oh my my god God. oh they make me ill kelly get a show in that blue top i just have to say that was gorgeous she is like she just gets hotter every season yeah yeah Oh my God. Don't even get me started. You you're sending me spiraling. I literally only watch SVU for Rolisi. Like even if it's two minutes of it, I'm here for it. They've been serving this season. Like, I just feel like there's just, I will take any crumb I can get and slowly we're starting to actually feed. Yeah. The way that we got an upset kiss, a stellarite engagement and Rolisi kiss all last season, like Dick Wolf knows how to serve us yeah finally I've been waiting he's put us through this much pain for it yeah sorry tangent yeah we love it Sunny's hot that's all I know that's all I'm gonna there with the stash or without the stash I thought the stash worked he was working the stash he came in with the stash to replace Nick I was like absolutely not gonna fly (laughs) I was so bad and then the the stash left and I was like "Mm, I can roll yeah (laughs) it's the accent for me oh absolutely the accent yeah the mustache was a little like creeper like I hated it yeah I was so (laughs) anti-mustache now were you anti-mustache but it looked good like I was like okay I hated it were you a fan of Rolaro, right? Was that their ship name before Rolisi came in? Yes. No, I was not. I, well, I mean like, okay. I wasn't anti because they were like super hot together and like had their little moments, but I feel like both of them were way too hot headed to be together. Like, I yeah. feel like Sunny really 
balances Amanda and like vice versa. Whereas Nick and Amanda would just like fuel each other's fire and explode. So they were like good while it lasted, but not in game to me. Yeah. Wait, wasn't, um, wasn't SVU like hinting at like Benson and Amaro or something? I, I mean, kind that of. Was like like a like fan like, yeah. I yeah. feel like in like, to me, I liked their dynamic because it was always like, I felt like live with Elliot, like their dynamic was so even whereas when Nick came in Olivia got to be like a mentor and that was kind of how she started to earn her stripes as like going up the ranks and stuff so I liked their dynamic a lot and then he came back for the 500th and everyone just mm-hmm. died he looks good in the 500th oh, the he beard. looks good yeah and like the gray and the gray oh it was everything that was everything I could have asked for unless we got a barba if we had had a barba moment it would have been set in stone He's supposed to be in the next episode of SVU. <gasps> or did the episode already air? I don't know. He's not. He was he okay. has not been in it. If it's on this week, I don't remember if they're off. No, they'd be off. Maybe maybe it's oh maybe it's organized crime. It's one of them. It's like a crossover. Oh, organized crime just really trying to make me watch, and it's just the struggle. I just can't get behind that. They keep like, trying to rope. Why do they put Elliot on their own it. on his own show and not back on SVU? he does not belong on us he just does not belong we are an elliot free zone now in svu he does not belong with us <laughs> he got kicked to the curb yeah i can't even like watch any of the old episodes with him in it because i'm just like I, I can't do it and i used to love it and then now i watch back and i'm like i need to like i'm like 13 on beautiful <laughs> yeah that's what i started you got to go back for like novak and Cabot and like all of them so it makes it hard for me yeah Dan Florex character I'm blanking on his name right now Cragen Cragen duh yeah yes I know I miss him too but there was like a really sweet spot where it was like Munch Cragen everyone was still there Elliot had just left Amanda and Nick come in and that is like that is yeah. like first SVU I watched episode episode like um because I don't ever who hasn't just like watched random episodes of SVU right. but I actually in college they had 13 plus on Netflix and so that's what I had started yeah. originally um and that's what sucked me in man I, I love Finn too oh my god he's gotta be the best yeah when he raises his eyebrows I'm just like oh my god that's my favorite thing just ever. like the random one-liners that don't fit in at all he'll just say something that does not fit at all in the scene and it makes me laugh every time he's the perfect addition but now this new detective I don't know yeah I, I loved Kat so mm, we'll see I don't know I get the feeling that they might be hinting towards like him and Rollins but it could just be because their partnership and I'm oh, just like no Carol, I cannot dick will no. come at me yeah no I can't I can't do that I just got Rolisi I cannot have like yeah, anything literally just got this season yeah the wolf literally runs the world he literally does I and like he owns Maya so he literally owns Lauren Le- legitimately he doesn't own me anymore no no, oh, no you got I, got it back. I got it back <laughs> no. I got money oh, now we're good did you read the fine print? I have a feeling that in the few seasons we're gonna hear your name pop up somewhere. He's he you sold that crap. <laughs> I mean, they've used some of our names and just like haven't, you know, given us or take like given us the rights. So we're waiting for the credit. Yeah. It's true. 
but yeah we had a little dick wolf tangent so you know hey like what else said, he owns us yeah i mean there's probably more to come with it because let's be real we'll just connect it all this chicago pd so <laughs> yeah <laughs> bring us back to chin for lauren yeah got it so now they're back at the precinct and lucy she opens up the envelope and the paper says i said after your shift and like this is such a weird comment but the writing just looks like what tim's writing would look like in my head and so it like <laughs> made me, i was happy about that because <laughs> it wasn't it just looked yeah anyways <laughs> so um and then tim comes up behind her and says i know everything you're gonna do um boot he then tells her that she didn't process all of her suspects property and um she missed his van which has a ton of probably has a ton of evidence to solve other crimes and help more victims because when um tim was talking about how when you are in like when you're taking pictures and like things like that you kind of all run in a circle together so all the evidence and he keeps all of the pictures and the things in his van so he's like by not processing that van we can't use that as evidence to help other victims use that other dna to solve other crimes and so lucy freaks out and she realizes remembers that the man as he was running away from her before she hits him with the shop was texting on his phone so she runs and gets his gets his phone and it's she finds a message that says cops got me get my van um, and so they pull up to the scene really fast and the blue work van is completely gone and she is freaking out. And then she realizes that Tim had the van impounded. She gets super, super mad that he didn't tell her. And she's like, why did we like freak out? Why do we race all the way back here? And he tells her that so she could realize her own mistake, which is what plain clothes day is all about. And she's like, and it's just a bonus that you got to humiliate me. Don't blame me for the fact that you left yourself get rattled by one dubious look, he tells her. And then the only way to survive is to control your environment at all times when you're on the streets. And then she's like, you're pretty talkative for a silent observer. And they head back to the shop. Oh, it's the sass for me. You're pretty talkative for a silent observer. I love that the whole, the whole like thing too, is that when he was leaning against the van during that talk, it just makes it all the more sweet. I love the, don't blame me for the fact that you got yourself rattled by one dubious look. I was like, especially because like in season three, in the one episode, I can't say which one. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, one look from you would send me into a tailspin. Like that, I mean, a parallel right there. Kind of. It's so good. I'm pretty sure I did that parallel on my Twitter page, so. You probably did because you just send everyone into their Chenford feels. You need to make like a thread of like Chenford parallels and put all of them that you find in one thread. I probably should. Anyhow. (laughs) So their next um little case for Chenford is they pull up to a house and there is a dog barking up a storm in the front yard and the neighbor who is gardening on the other side of like there's like a hedge um says that the dog never stops and then the owner never stops barking and then the owner comes out and tells the dog to shut up and kicks dirt at her which justice for Missy like that dog did not deserve that 
like hashtag justice for Missy. Um, Lucy tells the man that they received a complaint about his dog. And then the man figures out that it was his neighbor who made that complaint and that he just needs to try and keep his dog from barking. And then the man replies, no problem. I'm good at making bitches shut their mouths, which <laughs> I literally felt rage like through my veins when he said that. Yeah. And then also I was like trying to like look at Tim's face to see if like, he, I was like, hello. Oh, immediately. <laughs> immediately. I was like, same. where's the angst? I was like, and then Lucy tells him to have a nice day. And the dark dog starts barking again as she turns, as they turn around and the man kicks more dirt at her. And Lucy tells him to stop kicking dirt at the dog or else if I have to come back here, even get a whiff of that you're abusing the animal, I will make you my personal project. Do you understand? And then they, um, and as she, she and Tim walk back to the shop, Lucy says, I'd say I controlled that environment. And then they go back to the precinct and they get called into Gray's office where he tells him that Lucy got a rude conduct complaint from Rodney because she verbally, verbally threatened him to quiet his dog and wants to make the complaint formal. Um, internal affairs was notified and Anderson wants to talk to her at the end of shift. So this is where like protective Tim comes in it. Like he, like a little, little spice of that. And he, Tim immediately asked if he can help cool the guy off. And I said, hashtag helpful, hashtag protective boyfriend mode activated. And um, Lucy and they like, and basically Gray was like, I already tried that. Like nothing's worked. Like nothing was going to work. Like he said, um, and then Lucy asked what disciplinary action she's looking at. And basically Tim tells her that worst case scenario, she'll be his 12th rookie to wash out on plain clothes day. So this scene in the office gives big, um, major, big, small vibes for them like he's like looming over her and he's so grumpy and protective major or big small and I just love like immediately as soon as Gray was like Lucy got a complaint Tim was like want me to cool him off I was like which like I want to know more about his 11 previous rookies like did he ever go to bat for any of them like or is it just say you know to establish that Lucy's obviously not like any other rookie Oh, I wouldn't yeah. know that too. That's so yeah. good. Yes. I, I just want more Tim Bradford backstory. I know. Like, on that the, the man. Nicole, the Nicole storyline was probably one of my favorites the rookie has done. I loved that storyline because you got to know so much more about Tim. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Also, the only thing that could make Lucy Chen more baby is her like getting in trouble for trying to protect a dog. Mm-hmm. I know. Right. <laughs> Especially because, like, later on in the show, we just find out that, like, she loves dogs. Who doesn't? Dogs I mean, we don't deserve dogs, so. No. I just, like, I love her hair in season one. Like, the little wisp coming out, like, on the oh, sides. the braids? Yes. Yeah, the braids, I was gonna say. <gasps> yeah. Like, top here. Like, everyone looks so different watching season one versus season four, obviously, because, like, growth, but, like, Lucy's <laughs> hair was amazing like can I please have that back for one or two episodes please it's true and like Tim's buzz cut always Mm -hmm. sends me to like seeing it in season one versus now like crazy he's just so attractive at any point (laughs) fair yeah 
So now they're at lunch and Nolan and Lucy are sitting together and Talia and Nolan are sitting together and Nolan tells Lucy, did I just say Talia and Nolan? Talia and Tim are sitting together and Nolan tells Lucy that they won't, there's no way that they're going to kick her out. Um, and then immediately the scene changes to Talia and Tim where she asks him why he didn't step in to help sort it out. And Tim says that since it's plain clothes day, that would be cheating. And he is a man of principles. And Talia emphasizes that they could terminate her. And Tim immediately says, come on, I'm not going to let that happen. Protective boyfriend part two. We love it. So what did he do differently with the other 11? Yeah. Like, were they just like, I'm like, what? Yeah. Were they just like too freaked out and in their own heads about Tim and like the way that he treated them? Probably. I mean, obviously he feels differently about Lucy than he has about previous rookies, but. But we also don't know how. Yes, that's what I'm asking for. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I I just feel like Lucy is the only one that's actually like challenged him, although we haven't actually seen any of what the other 11 tried to do, but you know based she on gives what it we back know it's him. like yeah, yeah exactly. I definitely get that same vibe especially mm-hmm. because at the end of this like I know you're gonna get to it but with the end of the evaluation how he wasn't right with it that kind of shows that she's not like other people that he's worked with before he's not what she he expects but like um in later seasons we did see him with a new rookie and he was kind of soft with her too but like in a different way yeah i think he just knows that lucy's his wife so yeah (laughs) he's like she's my girlfriend he just just knows yeah yeah i mean which we love a man that knows right away yeah well like my favorite part though about people that watch season one for the first time and don't like realize that like i always have to tell them i'm like tim and lucy aren't actually married like he is married to someone else i'm so sorry (laughs) like to me and she is actually dating someone else. So mm-hmm. yeah. when I tell you guys that was the rudest awakening I ever had. <laughs> what? Not the cheating tropes. Well, we I'm talking more about the Lucy Nolan trope. Um, yeah. Who? Discuss. That's literally just dirty. <laughs> my breath away. Lauren's like looking at her nails. I love it. <laughs> so gross. <laughs> I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, that was, it's just a shock. That's what I mean, because like I had seen you guys so much talk about it. It was, everything was chinferred. And I was so like, oh yeah, I'm totally down for it. And then that happens first. What? I was, who could have possibly prepared me? No trigger warning, no jump scare warning. No, none of it. It's just there. It's so funny to see like people start season one and they like, don't think anything of it. And then they get to the episode and they're like, wait what is going on that's my favorite part about the live tweet threads is just looking for that tweet because they're always there (laughs) yeah i'm like he does live in a beach house so like girl get it but like is it (laughs) worth it it's not even his beach house it's it's all the same (laughs) he does live in it yeah he lives there I mean, John Nolan, like, we love you, but not <laughs> as much as Tim Bradford, so. It's not a comparison. Yeah. But wait, okay, so Carrie, your friend Kristen is mm-hmm. watching The Rookie, like, here and there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was her thought when John and Lucy were together? Because I, oh, I like, know that you didn't tell her. No, I didn't. She was like, oh. 
And I'm like, <laughs> yep, that, that's a thing. And she was like, but I thought you said Chenford. And I'm like, I, I know what I said. I just didn't mean it right then. Like, sorry. Um, yeah, but she, I mean, because they don't last long. So it's, like, like, an those, it's like those commercials. It's like, if you have been, expe- if you were not expecting Nolan and Lucy and you were taken advantage of, you may be entitled to <laughs> entitled. compensation. Yeah. <laughs> It was still icky to me. Like, it's just icky. Yeah, it just doesn't fit. It just, yeah. I just feel like it was so, I was like, it was out of left field. It was like, just a left hook. What? Who? Where? It just cracked me up. I mean, I do have to give them props, though, for how they did execute it, because it was just like, pan over, bra in a bush. Yeah. <laughs> That's the first shot that we get. And then we still don't really know, like, who, like who's he with and then it's like oh okay it's Lucy so I just like because later on in the season you know they end up going their separate ways I mean I feel like Jules says spoiler like you're totally cool on. <laughs> um but like I wonder how they're gonna bring it back like when Chenford eventually does get together because the way that they like ended it made it seem like she would never date another cop at least one in her district so I don't know I don't know I saw some old inner like old screenshot of an interview with Alexi and so he kind of had said something like that do you think Nolan would care or do you think he's like oh this is like my friend I think she would kind of get into her head about it like oh I've already dated a cop and this could Mm. look bad on me but now not only is Tim a cop he's my sergeant (gasps) the secret romance date yeah that are like how I mean is she gonna think like oh my gosh I could get in real trouble for it or is she gonna be like oh well I don't care I love him too much I feel like with how they've built them to this point they couldn't do this anymore but I was thinking that they would serve a friends with benefits trope (laughs) like I could totally see Tim and Lucy being like oh yeah we're just like just friends and then and they like obviously like are in love with each other but uh-huh. I just feel like that then they'd be like oh we're not dating like because we don't have to tell anyone like it's not a thing we're not official and then it just be like who are you guys kidding we all know you're together yeah like it starts off as friends with benefits and then develops some more like and they don't realize it but it's definitely developed that would be interesting I think they would serve they just serve any trope they just kill it mm-hmm. But Lucy, so like, okay, so now back to the episode later that night, Lucy and <laughs> I'm like, wait, Lucy and Tim, um, Tim pull up to Rodney's house and Tim gets out of the shop and tells Lucy that he is going to save her job. And she's like, sir, it means a lot that you care about my future as an officer, but this is, and he's like, relax, blue boot. I simply believe that if you're going to be fired, it would be because of me. <laughs> oh that man and he goes up to the door and knocks and he tells Rodney that if he needs any police assistance or anything to call him and as he's like talking to this man he Rodney starts dialing his phone and he tells him that he's calling his watch commander to make a harassment complaint which this man is a murderer but also he's just so dramatic and annoying anyways (laughs) it's just too much he's just I can't 
And so when this is happening, Lucy's who's in the shop, she notices that Missy, the dog, is smelling what looks like blood on the garage door. And when Tim gets back into the car, she like wrenches into him and he's like, the smart move is to walk away, to not go up to the garage. And Lucy, my baby girl, trusts her gut and they find, and when she opens the garage door, they find the neighbor murdered inside, which gross this is exactly what i love about this show though is that it just does those little like shockers Mm -hmm. and it's not meant to give you anything more than like a whoa like i don't need to know what happened i don't need to know the details it was more of like a wow that's crazy and then we move right on that's i like that yeah season one storylines were a little bit more not like lighthearted, but they weren't as serious and intense like there were some lighthearted moments but like seasons three and four at least four definitely have changed like it's yeah. not like they the, have the three tone. cases in one show like mm-hmm. per partnership or two cases or whatever yeah then like more like it almost gives a pd vibe in the fact that it is just like one or two big storylines and they're focusing on that um but then like it's kind of getting more intense in a way too like there was one episode recently where it was like action sequence it was the last episode in the warehouse that took 20 years off my life oh my god you guys know warehouses are my trigger kim burgess well this one won't be Oh, no, no, you won't care. It was a fifteen-minute like scene, like thing of emotions, like but not none bad. Well, that's no, good. actually, you might laugh. So I pulled that. Oh, thank you, cure me. I did because we did. Yeah, yeah. It was a fifteen-minute scene that did not need to be fifteen minutes. Ugh. Especially because yeah. you know the ending, right? When it's yeah. done. It, but this I mean, is like, so interesting to me because it's like I feel like PD did a very similar kind of turnaround where it started out not totally lighthearted. I mean, think about the first mm-hmm. episode with like Julie getting murdered, but yeah. and boy. it had the those like tie-ins of comedy, and it mm-hmm. like where who <laughs> that, that is gone yeah. now. Yeah, I wonder well, if shows almost do that like just to get the first season off the ground and like yeah, like now that you're already calling. invested, yeah. Well, I mean, The Rookie had, within its own right, season one episodes that, like, really, like, changed the game, though, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it, like, it wasn't so much, um, it was definitely more lighthearted, but not, um, I feel like second half of season one kind of turned a, a little bit of a corner. Not fully, though. But, yeah, somewhat. So. So, now it's the end of shift. And Tim tells Lucy that she can finally open her evaluation and she starts reading and she says, officer Chen second guessed every decision she made. And she like looks at him and she's like, he's like, the whole point of me doing this was to get under your skin. And then she's like, clearly you did, sir. Yeah. Until the end, because when it really counted, you didn't hesitate. You put it all on the end and it made the right and made the right call which really pisses me off because now I need to rewrite the damn thing so that was her little evaluation I love them my heart swelled yeah I know they're so they're just so cute adorable I cannot wait until the moment that they hook up because I will be on the ground. <laughs> you guys feel like it's coming because I did not realize I was gonna have to get this slow of a burn 
Oh yeah, I think by the end of the season for sure. Yeah, by the end of season four, at like least they need a something. They yeah, yeah I just feel like a kiss. Like I don't know about a full blown hookup, although I will not be opposed to another shirtless Tim scene. I mean, we kind of got half of it, or not even, but like. So. Also, I would not complain if it was like an undercover kiss where they have to like kiss in order to like distract someone or like do something, you know? Yeah, I could see You're taking all you can get at this point. Everyone yeah. wants undercover Chenford at this point. So I feel like Alexi needs to come through and give that to mm-hmm. us. Undercovered married Chenford where they have to play a married couple. That would be, that would serve. That would absolutely serve. For I mean, sure. we're, we're being patient. Like, please just give it to us. Because yeah, I could feel like that could patient. work if like they have them like undercover and they kiss and then they don't have time to like sort out what it means or something and then that's mm-hmm. like season five of course oh gosh I don't know such a such a time to wait for this season four pickup so I don't know <laughs> if I would want that to happen for yeah season five or not I don't know oh my god Lucy can wear her ring as the fake like engagement or wedding ring oh my gosh the ring you're in for it Jules Oh, you're in for it because it's literally it's made an appearance like at this point it should just have a credit like on the show <laughs> you're literally gonna die you guys are giving me like war flashbacks to wait season two just wait <laughs> until you get to what 211 day of death <laughs> yeah yeah someone dies that that will be like your Kim Burgess warehouse scene no! oh god <laughs> but it's a barrel yeah (laughs) no one look at me instead of a bathtub it's a barrel (gasps) yeah it's bad yeah oh mustard coat i like make jokes but like like yeah there's like certain i mean like the the ring would replace the mustard coat kind of but like the ring is like a it's a good symbol though although it starts out as something that's a little bit it gets mixed Rocky. in with all the trauma. Well, mustard coat kind of ended in a positive note. Mm-hmm. It only took us yeah. a two, like a season and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no. But I mean, Lucy serves in that episode too. I'm getting big like she Kim, kills Burgess, Kim Burgess correlations with her, especially like Patrol Kim yes oh no but i'm scared because kim burgess is my baby and now i'm gonna love lucy like that y'all are saying she's gonna get hurt how much okay that's like the main part that that's the text that i talked about tim that's the episode that you're gonna see it and it's i sent her the same thing i texted the group in on dm to the group about tim and adam being protective over their girls Uh, okay so like we might just have to start a group chat like on our personals with the four of us too because i don't think carrie goes in and checks the shop talk dm so i I can text my binge to you guys you guys can yes yes um i have a little part like when jules talking about jackson where okay i'll just talk about it now so like jackson being eager in this episode wanting to like prove himself and Lucy kind of being unsure about things in the end, like, but killing it too, reminded me of baby Kim Burgess, like both of those characters. Oh, I know. Just like on, on Just the Just perfect. Yeah. Ugh. Well, and don't even get me started too, because the whole thing about Jackson wanting to, I mean, like I, like I said, I know we'll talk about it, but making him like proving himself to his dad and then like don't even let me talk about baby Adam Ruzek. Like yeah. I was so, just going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> 
Adam still needs to hit the point that Jackson hit in this episode though and Jackson hit it in like 14 episodes of season mm-hmm. one <laughs> taking Adam nine it's okay he's growing he's, he's, he's growing day by day he is trying his he's best he's trying his best <laughs> he tries his very uh, so the end of the Chenford storyline Lucy gets called into Anderson's office and Lucy tells her that these words don't reflect the officer that she wants to be. And Anderson says, if you ever let this job down again, I won't hesitate to put you on a career path far away from the LAPD. And then she, Tim Bradford goes into the office. And then at the end of the episode, Lucy hands Tim an envelope. This is after um, Nolan, Jackson and her are, they're all drinking. And then Tim is with Tali and Angela. And Lucy hands him an envelope and tells him that it's her evaluation of him. And they all, all three of them run away. And then as Tim opens it, she, he sees that she left him their bar tab. And then he goes that little as she like, as they all run away. This made me scream. Our little Chenford babies. So cute. See, like, that's the thing, like, that's like her giving it back to him. Like, it's just so Mm -hmm. good. It's just so good. They yeah, just mess I, with each other and it's so like equal. It's reciprocated. I love it. Babies. I just like, okay, do okay, so do you guys think that because like Tim was waiting for Lucy, obviously he had to go in for like his evaluation with the captain next or whatever, but I'm still betting that like Lucy waited for him to get done with his. I'm believing it. For sure. I don't care what she anyone didn't else says. Wait, I feel like as soon as he got to like the truck or wherever they eat, he was like specifically, she like specifically found a reason to go check in with him mm-hmm. about how it went. I feel like he'd be like, it's none of your business, boot. Like, like she okay, right. watched ahead. until he approached the like yeah. the line and then ran up there to, to pretend like she's going to order something. Oh my God. Or she waited outside of the locker room. Like after he yes. The yeah. locker room, Chenford locker room trope. There yeah. is Chenford locker room scenes in season four. What? Mm-hmm. Us, yeah. us crossing over. <laughs> They're juicy. I know we made an appearance. <laughs> <laughs> Our trope. <laughs> For sure. For sure. Oh man, that was. Oh my gosh, that was really it for Chenford. I'm. Kind of, oh man, you guys, they had From. so much. They had so much in this episode, though. It was really like. I mean. Talia and John did too like I'll talk about it next but like gotta take a moment to appreciate all the Chenford especially like, the little look that Lucy like okay when they all came out of um getting like out of the roll call room or something um and Lucy like looked Tim up and down and then she like looked away too cute the looks and the yeah. parallel to you know this that's that scene mm-hmm. yeah no. Mm-hmm. the up and down look yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no you'll know. you'll know oh i sure i will i will spiral yeah. and y'all will hear about it there might be a few of those scenes too like sprinkled throughout the show so mm-hmm. yeah. yeah definitely um oh gosh okay so yeah it is talia and john time um okay so guys like john I don't understand how Talia didn't just like yell at him to shut up or like punch him. 
yeah because like he's already talking her ear off and like she's not saying anything because they're just there in the capacity to be like an observer but like that is not deterring john from like spouting every single thing that he like wants to go on in his career path like he wants to go to robbery homicide and he's like it's ambitious sure he'd have to make detective in five years which is unheard of but like that's his goal and like he didn't sign up you know to join the force to become a receptionist and like which is kind of funny because I'm pretty sure he ends up at the front desk like (laughs) at least three times like more than Lucy or Jackson I'm pretty sure I mean every time Gray gets annoyed at him he's like front desk Mm-hmm. Trudy Platt would like Trudy. I was just about to say, Platt, Trudy right? would literally kill John. She would murder <laughs> him. She'd be like, "The desk is an honor." <laughs> oh my so god! Don't touch it. Okay, the PD like team though would tear John apart. Like, yeah, they would for bu- sure. Oh. Bullies. They would really bully him. Yeah, no one would be afraid of White. Like, big time. <laughs> Good reason. Big time. I still just can't like in my mind like the only person that could ever like challenge boy I mean maybe I mean maybe Gray could but like Gray wouldn't really want to be like Nyla Nyla oh yeah small but she is so mighty my goodness they would have like a stare off and it'd be insane but yeah I don't know if John could hack it with PD well just like the the difference between and I think I've tweeted about this but like watching the rookie and seeing them have like competent leadership that like is focused on positive policing and then going to pda like it's like whiplash i'm like why can't we can you imagine the great things we could have in pd if we had an actual stable leader you can just tell like how much gray loves everyone there and how much like of a soft spot well not yeah a soft spot for majority but like he like actually cares about their well-being and make sure that they're okay which is complete a complete 180 of pee yeah. so and or that Hank Boyd, things the right way Boyd's or Hank like, Boyd literally like hates the women in his unit so yeah like actively abusing Haley yeah. this season okay asking just, Kim oh. to come back to work literally like two episodes after she's been shot so <gasps> I can't even talk about that no I was I'm re-watching season one of PD and he tells Aaron he says I prefer he was like you know that I only like I like male female partnerships and not female female and I was like this man is literally disgusting he's so so disgusting we could just get rid of the rat and have the Halstead's unit please yeah I would okay I know everyone wants Halstead's unit but I would also be here for Trudy Platt running the unit yeah for like an episode or two not for oh I'll take I would take that yes absolutely Yeah. yeah for sure or Al running it, come like witness Al protection come live coming out of witness protection. Oh I'm just God. it's yeah. canon in my head. Like I just just say that now. I'm just like yeah. Okay, that that episode <laughs> where like he died. Like I thought that when they rolled down the window, like out of uh, Denny Woods' house, it would be Al that like came out of the window or like you know came out of the dark with it. I'm he truly. I just Al, know that so. he's in witness protection with Vanessa. Yeah. And they will come back together in style, right? As intelligence is about to implode, which is happening. Right as Hank Boyd leaves, they will come back. I have hope and I know I'll be shattered, but I'm going to hold on <laughs> until the last day. Um, But like, okay, I guess 
goodness i know oh yeah we we have to get back to john right back to john um so after he's kind of talked talia's ear off um they actually they do get a call their first like call was like a disturbance um it's like i'm assuming they're drug dealers that were like beating the crap out of someone for ripping off their stash um john is like approaching he like fights off one offender doesn't let him get the gun which was good manages to take him down tells tally to watch him as he takes off for the second guy um the second offender tries to like attack john again the the man just gets like knifed and like swung at and like all the things like all the time i don't understand why so many people feel the need to just like go on the offensive with him but that's okay it's his face (laughs) he just puts himself into the trouble like he literally goes looking for it he does it's it's actually funny at this point like i laugh (laughs) especially this episode specifically he's like literally intentionally doing it Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah um so he he manages to, to subdue the other guy um and he's like calling it in that he kind of jumps the gun and he's like he is too in custody like everything's good um so he's like taking the second offender back um and finds that his first suspect is no longer where he last left him um talia oh my god i adore i just i miss their dynamic um like talia and john um because she's just literally she's like oh well he ran off well hobbled really (laughs) um and then this just made me think of like the last episode because last week's we saw john hobbling and marcus hobbling and that's just what made me think of it and it was crazy um and john's just like i told you to watch him and tally's like oh i'm not here to watch suspects just you and just her like sass of like of course I didn't let them get away but you did like she she just does not care like she will tell him exactly what he did wrong and like how he needs to fix it like right then which I mean is good for him in a sense because like since he is older and like has lived life already she kind of I feel like well she's definitely not coddling him or like doesn't you know is not going to baby him at all and like I I like that about their dynamic um I also enjoyed the yes blame me for your lack of situational awareness when it comes to like Nolan um not exactly knowing how the suspect got away or where he could go um after he hobbled um I think that was another 407 uh line because the guy talked to Wesley and was like mentioned situational awareness which was interesting anyhow I mean he wasn't wrong with when he mentioned that but no no um and when I heard like Talia's line of um no but you did all I remembered was the rookie crack edit on YouTube where like (laughs) where they put the um like audio over John's face and he's and it says like that's when he realized he done fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> oh my it god, is so good. I'll have to share it because oh it's my gosh, just too hilarious. funny. Yeah. Um 
because like Talia just keeps reminding him like you should have secured the first suspects before pursuing the second um and you know maybe instead of dreaming about becoming a detective maybe focus on like trying to get through today which is like that's a fair point um I feel like I really like obviously I love Tim and especially Angela but I feel like objectively Talia is the best teacher like just the Mm -hmm. way that she approaches lessons and stuff um I feel like she's really good at letting John like realize like I talked about with Tim but even more so with them like letting him realize his own mistakes and then she really applies it to a bigger lesson like I don't know I feel like she's just very wise she's really good at um helping him figure stuff out and without telling him they had a really good dynamic especially him just starting the rookie program I think she was the perfect Tim would have murdered Nolan in the beginning oh yeah yeah, and I feel like she just has to come at it different because he's the oldest rookie. It would be like it's, it would be too. It would I feel like it would be messed up if she came at it trying to sh- tell him everything or like it just could have screwed up the way that he's training. And I don't know. I really think she plays a huge part in the things that he learns throughout the season. Yeah. Definitely. Are you like really connected to Talia? Or are no, you kind of? I, I saw that too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what happens. I just know that I lose her, and I feel like soon, right? She's not on for long. Um, she remains for the rest of the first season. Yeah, she's not. She's not <laughs> That's bad. not very hopeful, Carrie. Not, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but like season two, you meet Nyla Harper, and like it just. I don't know. I like season one. I like Talia, but I love season two and I love Nyla. Okay, good. Like, Nyla was Robin and Ned. Yeah. Was Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Attacks. yeah. Bring me Connor Rhodes and then I'll be happy. <laughs> I know. She like shines in the rookie. Like I liked her in Med too, especially on like some rewatch episodes that I was doing, but yeah, no, she shines. Her in the debut rookie. is like by far my favorite character introduction okay yeah. I'm excited that makes me hopeful like I'm glad to know because then I'll be able to cope with loss if I don't handle loss well especially <laughs> so like Nyla's intro is really good but then John's like reactions to it are hilarious so oh boy yeah so funny you have a lot to look forward to I'm excited especially now that we've talked about more Wesley too I'm very excited about that yeah it actually like I like John like that Nyla's debut made me like enjoy John Nolan's character more just for his reactions to her <laughs> coming in. So, but um, I do agree with what you said earlier about how like Tally is very wise. Like she, that's a good way to put it. Cause like I feel like she was good for what he needed for season one. I like, agree. Out. So. Um, so they do end up finding the first suspect who's hobbling down the street. Um, so they end up taking him in too. Um, the second call, well, sort of the second call that they're on, um, he's like running plates in the parking lot of this like motel and he's like trying to find one that has a felony attached to it. That he can make an arrest like, you know, up his record. Um and Tally is like, well, you could engage with your community, which deters crime from happening in the first place. And that's proactive policing. But John's like, technically, sure, but it's my day. So we're going to do this instead. And I'm like, oh, like, I mean, 
I understand his enthusiasm, but like he just went about it so wrong. And so the fact that it didn't really work out just kind of proves that he probably should have listened to Talia. Because even though he got what it, Jennifer was saying about looking for trouble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because like he got a hit on the red Ford that's in the parking lots, registered to a Marcus Quinn Cannon. Um, he I feel like this is the first appearance that Smitty makes. I that's don't know. That's what I was know. gonna say. Is I it? I don't know if that's for sure. Um I didn't recognize him, but I probably um, don't have okay well then that's okay then I'm I'm and then I am gonna go with it's the first I mean if you didn't it's he could have easily been like a background character yeah like I don't know that I would have known yeah because he doesn't make many appearances and when he does he's kind of like a cap and Tony and fire oh okay I can (laughs) go for that like he's there and he'll give good one-liners but he's not like a main focus like a recurring gotcha. yeah okay okay yeah oh love that yeah um and like smitty was my favorite part about the scene where john's <laughs> trying to coordinate this search <laughs> because he's just like we're really taking orders from your boot and Talia's <laughs> like yep he's in charge today smitty so like it is literally I just oh my god I just enjoyed it so much because Joan was literally like explaining this as if this room has like you know five doors and like you know additional like you know throw away like you know trap doors or whatever like no it's literally like a motel room like it's not that complicated um is it safe to say that John is a nerd for construction oh because, like, every time <laughs> there's so, some, like, yeah. house plans or, like, blueprints or something, he, like, totally nerds out about it. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, that does make a lot of sense now. That's funny. Full circle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. Because he, he was so proud of himself. He's like, I drew up these, like, dynamic plans of this room and, like, all this stuff. Um, and just, like, the fact that he wouldn't really, like go ahead and like move with his search plan until Smitty was like you green and go and he's like yeah green and go like and like Smitty's face like I felt that that was a whole mood I was like I'm sorry John but just like it was not the time like they just needed to like go in get it done like make it quick like he was kind of dragging it out a little bit for me um trying to make it a bigger deal than it really was yeah yeah. Like that's typical John Nolan. That's so. true. <laughs> this old character thing. So, yeah. Um. So they do eventually break into the motel room where supposedly John thought Marcus was. Um. No, it's a woman and her baby because the woman bought the car from some guy on Craigslist a few days ago and was just filling out the DMV change of title form when they barged in. So, uh, Marcus is not there. And now John has to put the newborn baby back down for a nap because he was the one that woke him up. Like, kind of serves him right. I'm not, I mean, it's fair. Um, I don't, like, I feel like he, his never-ending optimism is kind of contagious in a way, though, because he was still, like, had hope and he was like, okay, not everything is like ruined like something good came out of this interaction because the woman gave him the address where she purchased the car so john like contacted the other police department and was like 
they're going to tell him when they have um the Marcus in custody so like that part of it was okay um his interaction on the way out though with the uh I wrote in here redheaded woman was her hair actually red I don't know um but the woman that he talked to outside of the motel was asking him a question about how to track like credit card purchases if someone could do that and honestly I felt like it was kind of out of character for him to kind of brush it off um Mm -hmm. because he does like to talk to people and like help them and listen and all of that but I don't know did you guys feel like maybe it was just because he kind of wanted to still gun for detective and like be this like kind of show off kind of person for the day maybe that's what I kind of took it as like he's fueled by this like plain clothes day incentive Mm -hmm. to like be this like maybe on another day he would have actually stopped and talked to her but because he had this like idea that he was going to show show up for the day that he was by himself like quote unquote yeah maybe that's why Okay. Am I am I making this up or did Jackson have a scene in the beginning where he was talking about all the things that his dad accomplished on playing clothes day? That was yeah. yeah. So I'm like, yeah, maybe that got a Nolan said where he was like, ooh, like if that's like what maybe. Jackson's striving for, like, and I want to like accomplish all this stuff, like detective in five years, like I need to really mm-hmm. make an impact too. Well, and he has to like really prove himself too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, just because I feel like because he was even like so he gives her the card for the non-emergency number um and she was like well who should I ask for and he's like well ask for the front desk which is where I'll end up if I don't get going like that was such a brush off and so just like out I didn't of like that for him. yeah no I didn't either um so like later on in the episode um Jennifer I know you'll get into the to detective wolf more but he's the one that gives nolan the robbery warrant that they can serve which would make a felony for him on that day so that would be like you know he's good to go he's all excited about that while they're on their way to serve the warrant um that's when they get a dispatch call for the room um at the motel from earlier and john does decide to take that call as opposed to serving the warrant um and they get to the room when they enter the room the room's kind of been trashed um and it is the same woman from earlier he calls sergeant gray like everyone has to you know like lock down the room it's a crime scene now that whole thing um and the woman's name is lynn she um lives with her husband chris who's a trucker the history of domestic violence like that's where they're at with this now it became a like an innocent question now has become this like high profile case for him and like I don't know because like now we get more of like the John we're used to like he's very like concerned and very like uh I don't know like observant and like wants to stay on the case and like wants to know what happens yeah Mm mm-hmm And, like, Gray reassures him when he hears something, like, Nolan will hear something, too. Um, They eventually do get a hit on the um, GPS that leads them to where the truck is. They hear screams uh, from Lynn, and Chris is essentially, like, torturing her. Um, 
they like Talia and John are like trying to approach um Chris is shooting at them and Talia requests backup um John's like if we wait then he kills her and Talia's like well if we go out again then he'll kill us um John's idea is to have Talia drive the rig um and like he's going in so if Chris shoots John John tells Talia that she should shoot Chris like I I hesitate to say enjoy I didn't enjoy that he delivered that line so casually but he was so like he was just like yeah like he was so like accepting of the fact that like okay if I go in and this happens like Talia I give you full permission to shoot this guy if he shoots me and then I die like I just don't I don't know just whenever it was I so offhand that I literally yeah. rewound it because I was like did he really just say mm-hmm. like it was like he shoots me you shoot him I was like wait I gotta go back was that really what he just said yeah and like I don't know if it's just me like because I could not imagine like being a first responder or like being in that kind of scenario like I just don't know how he's like just so like easily able to say that because like John is a kid of his own like he has like things of course he's lived more life than mm-hmm. most rookies I suppose so maybe he's kind of made peace with that too like well, I'm like didn't more. didn't he say that he got into this profession to like help people on their worst day like yeah. wasn't that his thing so yeah that just seems really out of character and just like offhand for him to say something like that yeah he was also going through like a mad crisis this episode I feel like yeah I mean uh, like okay yes if the guy does shoot at you then yes you do have to like take some precaution but you know don't just shoot at him just to shoot at him it's just yeah I don't know he just said it like so direct and so just like quick kind of like um Julia what you had said about like you had to like rewind it um yeah I kind of but I mean, Talia obviously understood like what he was trying to say and what their what their next moves were. Um, John's trying to talk Chris off the ledge, so to speak. Um, he, while he's trying to do that, they kind of they go on their channel nine, I think it was, which is like their private channel. He puts in a little earpiece and everything, so Talia can hear him and vice versa. Um, they start the countdown. Talia drives the truck forward to make it go off balance and John essentially lunges at Chris and manages to take him down so everything was like successful in that way like Lynn was albeit injured she was you know ends up being okay which is good um and like I was glad that they had this end scene though because like if they had just ended it there and like not had Nolan and Talia kind of talk about what happened I kind of would have been unhappy so I'm glad they had this end scene for them um because like they're getting drinks from the food truck um which I guess kind of makes my comment earlier about how it was kind of out of character for John to like not stop because he did acknowledge that he should have stopped and talked to Lynn longer instead of brushing her off which was good um I was also surprised by just like how easily like Talia gave him advice and like how easily he accepted it because like 
at the beginning of the episode even like John was just like talking 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 and you could kind of see like Talia's face was like if she would have rolled her eyes like I feel like she would have if she could have um but like she's very much like open to giving him some kind of like not constructive criticism but just like he has to stop trying to be like everyone else because like his older age is like a good thing and it's like he needs to stop being so like put off by it um and I also think we should just appreciate the fact that um she just flat out said straight to his face like sure you can be annoying and you talk way too damn much like (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. kind of true and but I mean he does listen um and so basically the only way that John could make detective is to be himself which makes me just thinking ahead like it it's just interesting like watching this episode back with how determined he is to like have this certain career path and like what kind like where he is now Uh is very um it's just like interesting to see like what like how his perspective changes and how like his goals change as time goes on and like I feel like he wants to try on like many different hats and like Mm -hmm. do all of these things and he is very ambitious which is very very good and like I enjoy that about his character but I feel like it takes someone like Talia or like Nyla for example like to just like ground him for a second and be like hello snap out of it like hi you're like in this moment right now you need to like focus on that and not think so far ahead but I I liked that he was able to acknowledge that he could have done things differently and I feel like he does listen to their advice and take it to heart which is good so sometimes I feel like though they like give John lines and they put him in scenes and situations that just make me like facepalm and they make him look like a fool sometimes and it's like but this is your main character it's like don't you want him to look like he's got his shit together it's because they're like they're still playing on the like oh he's old and a rookie like yeah which is annoying because it's like we get it yeah he's an old rookie especially especially in the first season and even kind of in the second too like they make him like the butt of the joke half the time yeah well and i like what Talia says here about how it's his strength that he's old yeah. and I, w- I feel like I would be interested in him exploring that more like the things he's good at because he's older in his experienced life compared to like Lucy and Jackson um that would be really interesting to me to get into that more about how it's his strength rather than it just being like a joke oh yeah I'm old like okay yeah I did like how though in season one they kind of focused on the different rookie types. Like Jackson was the legacy. John mm-hmm. was the older one. And Lucy was kind of that hot shot, but like eager one that was there to prove herself. So, yep. Yeah. Love it. Well, speaking of like, I will just dive in then to two little babies, Jackson and Angela. And like I said, I just think Jackson is the most precious little angel ever. And then I just can't get enough of Angela. I'm in love with her. So I really like their dynamic. Um, and it starts with 
Jackson telling Lucy and Nolan that 20% of rookies drop out on playing close day. Like he's like this human data machine <laughs> and it's so cute. It's like a great way to start the day. And so he's like very determined to do well because those like, I feel like his brain is just swimming with statistics and doubts and like numbers and all of this. And so he has to like prove himself wrong on top yeah. of like his dad and all of that. So we see like Chinford and Talia and Nolan leave much before we even touch back on Jackson and Angela. And by the time they're getting out there, like Jackson is super frantic and he's like, oh, we're the last ones out. And I've been waiting for this day my whole life. And I'm going to be my dad's epic plain clothes day where he made like X, Y, Z arrests. And he's like super ready. And Angela just does not like she's busy doing her own thing. And she's like, okay, do whatever you want. And so Jackson hops in the front seat, ready to roll. And the shop does not start. And like, it is like kicking a puppy. He's so upset <laughs> immediately. And Angela is like, honestly loves it and eats it up. But I love when she calls him out as he's spouting off all these statistics about his dad and how he's going to have to beat him and all this. And she's like, yeah, you're going to break your father's records. Like you broke his Academy records. Cause you have daddy issues and the cats in the cradle and all that crap. It was the best line ever. I just love her. And then his response that he doesn't have daddy issues. It's like, Oh honey. <laughs> wait, Listen. wait, does Jackson have daddy issues? Not similarly to Adam Ruzak, but like, like Adam I mean, doesn't trust his dad. But in a way. Yeah. Because like, I mean, because they're both on the job. Like, both of their dads are on the... Or, yeah. Like, like they're both the trash. legacy cops. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know enough about Jackson's dad yet to know as far as, like, his cop dynamic because Disco Bob is the worst and I hate him. Yeah. <laughs> but... There I, is one scene with Jackson's dad that you'll be like, oh, don't like that. Ooh, okay, interesting. Yeah. Because I do think that just the dynamic of being a legacy makes a huge difference, especially when yeah. you're in a similar district like Adam was. And so both of them as rookies, like feeling like they need to reach that high expectation, mm -hmm. I totally think is very similar daddy issues. I just think Adams are more rooted in pain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I also feel like because like baby Adam Ruzek, like season one, if I remember correctly, he was very much like, oh, well, that's just, you know, that's my dad. Like I'm here doing my own thing. Like yeah. he didn't really like he was able to separate it. Whereas I think yeah. Jackson is so like what's that expression like caught under his dad's thumb or whatever like he's so mm -hmm. very like tightly like wound or like connected to his dad and like what he represents I feel like he has trouble separating it well and well, correct me if I'm wrong because I don't know like once again I've only seen this many but I feel like the difference too would be like Jackson is yearning to be like his dad or like reach his dad wants goal. to prove himself where Adam's yeah. problem is like literally the opposite and he's constantly trying to prove to himself that he is not his dad yeah yeah, that's yeah. True. yeah. Although, nice. season one episodes as you continue will make you kind of question that a yeah because I don't like right now I feel like it's very but... surface level like it's I feel like yeah. I would have thought maybe the same about Adam like oh, he just wants to be, but Jackson seems right now from what I've seen, like he's trying to reach this level of his dad. And so I'm interested to see where it will go because I love that dynamic with Adam. And yeah. I, Lauren and I always talk about how we really just need a scene where Kim tells Disco Bob, like, hey, you suck. 
yeah. Adam's a way better dad than you are. Yeah. We're, we're yearning for this. I would be so here for that. Jackson oh, said oh, played by Michael Beach, too. So it's yeah. kind of like trippy to see. Yeah. Oh my god, that's yeah. right. I see was like he's been in some episodes because I said I was like Darius. Yeah. I'm yeah. like getting whiplash. <laughs> yeah. No, that's definitely oh, that's right. Wow. And, and he's, he's like he's a cop too. So he's like on the good side, kind of. Oh, like he's yeah. not like a criminal. Maybe that's yeah. why I was like having trouble putting the pieces together because it just kind of threw me through a loop. I like, just see him dead on that pool table in Chicago PD. <laughs> The rookie like definitely brought people over from the one Chicago universe. Like it, there was one episode where like Antonio's son Diego was in it, like the older version. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah, and I pointed it out to Karen. Um, and she was like, and there Wait, was like what? a DEA agent that was in mm-hmm. Chicago PD, or sorry, that was played a DEA agent on the rookie. Yeah, was the FBI task force person for, for Aaron. Aaron in season mm-hmm. two? I think. And Noah Sexton was just in an episode. Yeah. And he was in, he was in scenes with Makia and I literally watched all 18 episodes or something of Met that they were in for like (laughs) one scene that they had together. Just so you could put out that tweet. That was glorious. Um, Oh yeah. And I think it was 113. It was the apartment shootout. Uh Uh-huh. The the Isabel Perez from Mm -hmm. the Kim Burgess episode where like, you know, Sienna was shot. She was in that. She was a pregnant lady. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. I have to watching, rewatch. Watching oh, the rookie, I was like, wait, they were in PD. They were in PD. 13 like, episodes are like really triggering in PD. I know. So I should have known. <laughs> wait, I think that's one. Wait, the apartment shootout, like where the detective was shot. That was 109. Yeah. 109. Oh, that's like okay. my golden episode. I adore that episode. It's so underrated. Okay. I that would die on that. So- good <laughs> it was it was in the pre, uh recap that's why i thought it was one it was yeah for some reason yeah so wow but yeah well, there are a lot of i guess we'll get to a crossover yeah mm-hmm. is the rookie taking people from dickel's universe <laughs> it's okay yeah. it's earned i feel yeah so jackson is just downtrodden because it takes two hours to change the battery on the shop and so he finally gets done and he's like, let's go half the day, you know, let's do this. And then Wolf like shows up out of nowhere and is like, Hey, I need to steal your boot. Um, I have a ton of evidence that needs logged. And Jackson immediately kind of protests because he's like, it's plain clothes day. I'm supposed to be able to go out and, you know, beat my dad's record, whatever. And Angela's like, Nope, the job's the job. You don't get a pick. There's no thing in the rules that says you get to be out on patrol for plain clothes day suck it up and you go do the job so he doesn't put up a fight this makes me laugh because I would be so excited if this was me because I'd be like I'm definitely surviving plain clothes day (laughs) at this rate I'd be like two hours fixing the battery paperwork like I got this in the bag I'm literally surviving (laughs) yeah he will not be a statistic (laughs) I would be so excited I'd be like yes (laughs) I'm the person that likes paperwork too so like I would be all over that I'd be like okay sure that's fine I'll go do paperwork (laughs) I would be like oh that I don't have to like put myself in danger today yeah I will gladly do that well that's totally what Angela's doing like she's flipping through a fashion magazine as they're sitting there and he's so frustrated and she shows him a picture and she's like would I look good in this like she's totally eating it up I love her I love her I can't get enough her outfit so good and the ponytail I just need a moment 
this episode. Angela served. Lopez, queen. And so after he spends his time logging the evidence for Wolf, he's once again like righted, bushy-tailed, ready to roll. He's like, half the day has been wasted, but that's half the day to beat my father's record. And I'm going to prove it, whatever. And they're ready to roll. And someone comes in and they're like, hey, um, the wife of that murder victim that you just logged all the evidence for is out here at the front and she wants to talk to someone. And Jackson's like, well, Wolf's not here. And she, the guy's like, okay, so you go. So Jackson goes up to meet her and just is like, sorry, I'll leave you. I'll leave a message with Wolf, but he's not here and expects it to be over. And she kind of opens up to him and says, basically, she needs his help because she's forgetting her husband. He was killed by home invaders and she was out of town. So she wasn't even able to be a part of any of it, like saying goodbye before the police had already cleaned out all of his things because obviously it was a crime scene. And she just feels like she has nothing left to remember him by. And she's just be- literally begging him to just give her something to remember her husband by. And it's totally heart-wrenching. But Jackson is like, I'm sorry, but there's nothing I can do. It's evidence, which I think is very reasonable. Like I, and when I was watching this, I was like, I don't know what else he could do in this situation. Yeah. So he immediately goes over to Angela and is like, well, that was awful. And she's like, well, it's okay. Let's go make some arrests. Like she's just kind of taken on the role that he's been playing the whole episode with encouraging him to get out there. And he kind of pauses and he's like, well, I'm making the choices today. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, and I didn't know where it was going to go. I re- That's what I really liked too, because I didn't see what he was going to be able to do to remedy the situation. And it isn't until much later that we find out that he calls the wife back in and says that he went back through the evidence and found a broken watch that was actually in the hallway, not in the bedroom where the crime happened. So she can actually keep it because it's not evidence. And he thinks it's just old, broken, crappy watch, but he was still doing it to be kind to this woman. And then she ends up telling him that it's a very emotional item for them that she had saved up their money to buy this cheap watch for her husband for their first anniversary. And he wore it every day, even though she bought him nicer watches throughout the course of their marriage he still wore the broken one. And so this was like the perfect thing that he could, Jackson could have given her. And it was like really meaningful. And it was just so perfect for the sweet little baby Jackson. Like if that had happened to Nolan or Lucy, it would not have been as precious as it happened. Yeah. He's just such a good boy. I feel like it also put like everything into perspective for him too. Like, it's not about beating his dad's records. It's not about like, being the best but it's about like caring for people too totally this was like a turning point and that's exactly Mm -hmm. what Angela says to him at the end of their shift she's like oh no arrest not even a parking ticket what's your dad gonna think almost like setting him up to see which Mm -hmm. way he's gonna go and hoping I think she's hoping that he learned the lesson and she didn't really do anything to teach it to him he kind of figured it out on his own and he's like, honestly, I don't care. Today was a good day. And that's like so meaningful. And then at the end, when he and Nolan and Lucy cheers at the bar, he says to me, no longer being crushed by my father's shadow, which I don't think we're out of our daddy issues yet, but I thought this was a meaningful <laughs> moment for him. Yeah. My little angel. That's what overall, like it was so easy. It's so easy just to love Jackson because this episode was just so like sweet for him. And like, 
he's just precious I just, he's never done anything wrong in his whole life no an angel it was they were like short and sweet this was a really cute storyline i enjoyed it their partnership is so cute and like in season three we did not see enough of angela and jackson we just did not. angela dies wait what no wait me (laughs) (laughs) i was like wait why am i watching the same show as you trauma (laughs) oh no but like the final scene in the season three finale like oh it just it hurts it hurts where she dies finishing it over my christmas break like oh no, that's one way to go into the new year time. i know yeah. i'm thinking i'm gonna be like a traumatic like just don't watch it at like 2 a.m because oh, that's usually I when like i watch like finale time for me to just lose my marbles <laughs> that's when i usually watch finales and i'm like why do i always do that's this when myself? you watch 2 11 and you were like texting me like all caps and i was <laughs> like oh for the love of god yeah. what have i done to you yeah that's yeah. when i'll be thankful that lauren is three hours behind me because she's <laughs> responsible for me i'm up to the crack of dawn anyways <laughs> yeah. but all hours yeah carrie and i are the night owls we'll like text until like 3 a.m sometimes and we're an hour apart in time difference too i always laugh because like i'll like text jules and i'll have like three conversations with myself by the time she wakes up in the morning i'll have like <laughs> i literally have like gone through three different tangents about three different topics and she wakes up and she like hearts it and i'm like good morning <laughs> yep. that's about right pod life yeah <laughs> yeah no sometimes like you'll even text me carrie and i'm like it's been a while since i've seen it like do you still need it <laughs> Yeah, I know. Or just like we just like I don't know. Or sometimes, yeah, I'll end up texting Jennifer at like two AM my time. It's only one AM there, but like if she's actually asleep, then she won't see it until she wakes up. And I'm like, sorry for texting you in all caps, freaking out about this thing. Good morning. <laughs> we'll we'll also talk about pod stuff on like three different platforms. And then like when we go to like go back to do it, we're like, wait, what? did we say where did we say that <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so kind of getting into that somehow we have Talia and Detective Wolf next and okay so I realized that I put in the outline that it was episode nine I don't know why I said episode 13 but again I changed so. it hi that was me I'm oh sorry. okay <laughs> no I was wrong <laughs> <laughs> all right so yeah, in episode nine, uh, Wolf and his partner uh, were shot um, in the apartment building shootout, and he subsequently lost his partner. So we found out that, like, Talia decided she isn't ready to leave patrol yet. Um, and so, like, they meet back up again in the break room. Um, and, you know, we find out, like, he's on restricted duty. And, like, he points out her outfit. And he's like, Why are you in skivvies? She's like, It's my plain clothes day with, you know, my rookie. And he just remembers his, and he's like, "Yeah, I got in a fist fight with a three hundred pound woman." <laughs> like, okay. Um, and so he asks why she put a pin in the detective's exam, and instead of just saying like she wants to stay on patrol, like she told Tim, she she said that she realized she had a few things to accomplish as a P three still, especially after what happened with him in Bestry. Um, I mean, it. I don't. We never really got like a clear answer 
on all of that. Like, and I don't know how that kind of, like what made her really decide that she needed to stay as a P3? Like what were the few things that she realized she still had to accomplish? I just feel like we um, never got like a good ending to that. I feel like if they would have fleshed her character out more, we would have maybe gotten to see that because I feel like one of them maybe would like to have gotten Nolan to a certain point. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Well, I feel like yeah, out of all the characters, Talia didn't have a backstory like the other characters no. did. So there wasn't like, came like theorize or anything. That's why I think like when Nyla came in in 204, like they jumped into her backstory right away. Like yeah. they did not waste a minute on it. Um, but yeah. anyway. What? Well, you would think too that like, I would remember why just because like that should be fresh. I do, I agree with you. Like, I feel like it was very glossed over. Like, it was all a big deal, the detective thing, and then she finally had the opportunity, mm-hmm. and then she kind of passes it up, and then that's it. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's not really explained of what she has to still realize, and, like, I mean, okay, so her and Wolf are, like, friends or whatever, right? But, like, how good of friends are they? did they hook up at some point like and they still just remain friends like we know that there's a relationship there but we don't know how deep it is yeah it just seemed odd to me yeah i'm i'm intrigued well and i also just like to know that between her and like angela as well especially with the whole like dynamic of them both wanting to go for detective it's i would like to know how deep their ties run to yeah um, but she asks Wolf like how long until he'll be cleared for duty and we find out like he's not rushing it so he's like there's no shame in taking a beat when something like that happens and I liked that she validated it for him like and he just thanked her for being there they're definitely good friends and like they're you know just like they're there for each other um, but Talia then asks Tim if like he thinks that Wolf is back too soon and Tim's just like being all macho and says there's no such thing as too soon but talia again feels sympathy for him um so then like later on in the episode we see that she goes over to sit with him like um like in the parking lot like food truck area um and you know she's not buying that he's good but she reassures him like there's nothing that he could have done different she's definitely like the voice of reason for him and like that's what i feel like for nolan too she's just very smart yeah she's like very wise um but he tells her that they should grab a drink sometime and he says like it's not him asking her on a date but she's just like yeah i'm gonna go like i'm not i'm not gonna sit here for this um and at the end of the episode wolf like meets up with talia at the food truck again and he's just like he apologizes for hitting on her um when she was just being kind but she reassures him that like Vestry helped her pull Wolf to cover with three bullets in him. Um, and while it might, may have made his injuries worse, like, and what caused him to die, Vestry did that because Wolf was in trouble. Um, so, like, everyone's looking out for Wolf in this, like, in this storyline, kind of. Like, Vestry helped take Wolf to cover. Um, and now Tally is kind of like taking them Vestry's spot of just like watching out for him. Um, 
but Tally is like, it's only natural for you to feel like you need to connect with someone who shared a tragedy like that. Um, and that was like in reference to him asking her out. And again, like just another wise statement from her. Like this episode was good for Tally development. I feel like like we mm-hmm. we really got to like see her personality. Um, she's such a good friend like both to john and yeah. wolf in very different ways she's just a sweetheart yeah like, she just truly cares about the people in her life and it just sucks that it took like 14 episodes for like us oh, to okay. really see that and just like a minimal storyline like yeah i totally did expect though that when he came and apologized her to be like oh you don't need to apologize like I thought she was gonna take him up on it I did not expect her to um which I get it like now is probably not the time like he's grieving whatever but I really thought it was gonna go that way to leave the door open for that kind of thing um so it's kind of just I was down for it yeah um but then like he asks if she forgives him and she's like I don't blame you for being attracted to me and like a (laughs) deadpan tone sassy sassy talia is back we for sure i also feel like that's something that trudy platt would say like when she was still single (laughs) oh absolutely she'd probably still say it now yeah probably sure um but then like she also lets him know that if he ever needs to talk like she's there for him there's no strings attached um and wolf's just like look at you saving lives one more time and she just comes back with a matter of fact statement she's like what can i say i'm a giver like that's another trudy platt statement i'm a I, giver yeah, yeah. they end with the wise like words of wisdom and stuff yes. there's a lot of correlation there yeah so that was kind of it for like the wolf and talia stuff there wasn't much but like he had been in a few episodes so it was definitely like worth covering um and you know i mean they did have their own little side storyline um we don't usually talk about the cold opens but like this one was funny um and just the fact that like and i think it kind of helped john maybe realize like oh yeah i could go for robbery homicide i don't know i just put that together like because the next time that we do see him and talia like he's like maybe i'll go for robbery homicide so um solves one robbery he's like yeah for me like here i go um robbery he's like this is it yeah optimistic john no one well i mean he did like he was in the bank for that robbery but like no oh right i forgot about the whole origin story (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so then there's two civilians like who are fighting over who caused the accident and like the camera focuses in on tally and john and then like it pans out um and we find out that one of the civilians was flying a helicopter and like Hmm. like made an emergency landing causing a huge accident and just like mess on the road um but you know like talia points it out and she's like this bullet holes in the helicopter but the civilian's just like no those are bird strikes and she says Hmm. yeah the elusive brass jacket hollow point is a bird strike (laughs) yeah okay gotcha um so then john's like is that why you had engine trouble and because someone was shooting at you I don't, I don't know i was just like okay but whatever um detective yeah <laughs> like great detective work here john nolan <laughs> those skills together his big brain thought <laughs> so then like he catches a dollar bill flying through the air and 
he just like looks into the helicopter and he's like oh here's a bag let me just like open it <laughs> um and he just like calls in to dispatch and he's like do you have a 211 at orange county savings alone and dispatch is like yeah it was robbed about an hour ago with a blue helicopter like taking off and john's just like solved the case <laughs> okay um Great work i mean when he was just like yeah i think i would like to go into robbery homicide my mind automatic automatically went to like no one can do it as better as good as Haley upton oh that was my first thought i just like pictured yeah. like little baby Haley upton walking and she's uh-huh. like, i'm with robbery homicide and you're on my crime scene like please vacate uh, it yeah. like oh my god yeah because then he was like i know that i'll be 50 i'm like he would literally be like younger than Hank Floyd, but like giving Hank Floyd vibes and not a mean way, but like still. <laughs> yeah, it would just, yeah, no. It like, wouldn't be good. So, like, no, you can't be detective. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> Rush the dream. I have made that executive decision. You are not detective. <laughs> <laughs> so then, like, post cold open scene, um, Gray and Captain Anderson are like breaking the rookies on how plain clothes day works. Um, and John, like, or Jackson knows about playing clothes day and John and Lucy are just like, what is that? <laughs> so yeah, like it's, you know, we've, we obviously know what it is. Um, but you know, then like the best part for me was when they all like kind of got back together, the rookies and TOs and Angela and Talia were just talking about their washout numbers and same with Tim and Tim's like, what are you looking at boo? I'm not even here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like and lucy's look to tim oh my gosh micro expressions right there <laughs> perfect i was like i would have been so mad if i they didn't tell me it was going to be plain clothes day because like what if i wore something ugly to work yeah like what if i just woke up late threw on something like and and then just walked in there like oh go back and change and it's just like some embarrassing outfit I'm like, but then like but then they go to get their war bags and john just like psychs out and he or doesn't think about it and he grabs two and angela angela's like if we're not here why are you grabbing two and jackson's like we need to just in case safe to get involved like jackson is gonna step like stand up for john and lucy and like make sure that a brain yeah you're good we love that baby i know mm. i love it but yeah, that's kind of it for Plain Clothes Day. I loved this episode. I did too. Everyone's outfits were like on point. Mm-hmm. And there's still forget team M leaning against that truck or van. Yeah. <laughs> also, the way that Lucy like looks up to Anderson, like when Graham Anderson were like briefing them on um like what Plain Clothes Day was and like you know how they'd reached a certain milestone like in their rookie period um just like lucy's looks angela were amazing and then uh when lucy was like and what if we get ourselves into like real trouble like i loved that she's just a little baby a little angel baby i just want season one lucy chen hair back yeah the hair is really really good like i've tweeted in my rookie thread and there are multiple pictures of just the hair like i'll petition for it again it's fine 
Although it's kind of like for me though, I enjoy like seeing like her hair down though, because it kind of reminds me of like whenever we get like Haley's hair down in Chicago PD, it's kind of mm-hmm. the same like waves and stuff. So I'm like here for that. But I also I do miss the braids. I do miss the braids. That was season two, right? Season two hair, or season one um, too. It was more season one for Lucy were the braids. I don't know if there was. I think like who was kind of bun was like bun, bun, right? Low bun. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. The braids probably just took too much time, and the hair department was like, "We're done." Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's like them giving Vanessa Rojas like the whole like side braid. I'm like, yeah, it was so hot. I it was. But I was like, is that realistic for her to like get up every morning and right. do it? Like, I don't know. That's the stuff that I think about. Oh, I think that every time they go into those nice apartments, I'm like, mm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like Jane Haley's place, which we found out Jay like called it home. So, yeah. or the house. So I'm like, is it a house or is it an apartment? But that skyline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all of that. Green screen. Like you're telling me, Adam. Has that nice apartment? That dude does lives in a hole in the wall. Like there's, <laughs> he doesn't even live there anymore. So yeah, I do want to know where Kim sleeps in her apartment because, like, in the scene or in the episode where we saw her take Michaela in, it looks like Michaela was sleeping in her bed, and then we saw her like sleeping on the couch too in season nine. So I'm like, where does Kim sleep? Michaela definitely slept maybe she like had maybe it was just the first night or something yeah because later in like tinder age Kim's in her room and Michaela comes in yeah she like shows up at the door so that like insinuates that Michaela's sleeping somewhere else so you know how we can get an answer to this um Adam Ruzek reading her bedtime story thank you yeah all I want (laughs) thank you oh so good I can't wait, um, Julia, for you to get to like see Tim's house because Tim's house oh. is nice. LA too. Oh god, <laughs> the price. Yeah, it does, it does to make a patrol. The yeah. set does change though from the That's first episode true. to well, I mean, granted, it's like two seasons later. So yeah, I was gonna say you'll yeah. first see it in season two, I think, and then second season time four. In season okay i'll keep my eye out right now i've just really been in the beach house a lot season one (laughs) i mean it's not a bad place to be but like the company there uh. oh very strange (laughs) lucy's lucy's apartment is pretty cool Mm -hmm. oh yeah i'll keep an eye out except yeah and the wilpas house is pretty awesome Uh uh-huh yeah. So like, okay, later on in the rookie, like we see Wesley become a Dilf. Like, hello, Dilf <laughs> Nation rise. Okay, and we know PD has Adam Ruzak as a Dilf. Um, is there anyone else that we should add to that? Because I feel like Dilf Nation just keeps people. growing, and I'm just so happy. Sonny Carisi is a Dilf. I was just gonna say Nick Amaro too is totally a Dilf. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would say, um, Marcel Crockett, Crockett Marcel. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> no, seriously, they're both like two last names. Like I don't it's know. We, it's because we only call them Crockpot. So <laughs> yeah, thank you. I was listening to your podcast and you had said Crockpot, and I was like, wait, what did she just say? <laughs> we need like a legend for all of just. I know. Because they have so many nicknames, I like can't. I can't keep them straight. Classic. They they do need to change his name though like or something to marcel crockett or like it that just doesn't been flow changed. yeah i get confused yeah. every time but i would definitely take dylan scott the new addition to med also as a dill <gasps> like if he shows up oh, I yes love so mm-hmm. will halstead definitely has dill, dill potential for oh yeah sure. he did when it, when it was him and ellen yes oh you and know? then mm-hmm. block in his head i got i, miss I mean that was like top tier content and we missed out on that one so. of the best moments of med period yeah history. <laughs> sometimes i feel like i still want to throw a block to will i'm like you're an idiot but like, <laughs> i love you it's necessary it's true yeah i told my mom one night i was like watching med with her and i was like oh man will's gonna do something idiotic and she's like why would you say that i was like because he's one an idiot a lovable <laughs> one but like he also just has that look on his face and it's mad. <laughs> so he's going to do something idiotic. So I feel like an entire personality trait that yeah. Yeah. there. Well, it's like, okay, I could kind of picture, I don't know why, but like Will, Adam, and then like John all trying to get out of a situation together would be like absolute. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. I see that without a doubt. And all being bad at lying about it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And no one is definitely the one that got him into it somehow yes <laughs> those yeah. three together would be horrible <laughs> i would pay such good money to see that though oh yeah. my god it would be just a cluster and then i feel like jay and like tim would be the adults that come in they'd be like what are you guys doing yeah <laughs> like irritated by this still my dream is to have a crossover <laughs> of like oh, jay and tim. the day so that they good. work together is the day that i'll know peace truly i and also lately, just need eric and jesse to meet though for the love of god like yeah. i don't even care how just a photo like yeah lately okay so like a few times this week i've caught myself typing out tim halstead and jay bradford <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like wait what is going on track ship yeah yes <laughs> <I'm> like, <"All> right. <laughs> yeah so I don't know. Like I have it all thought out in my head of like who would get along with who and the intelligence unit. And someone had tweeted today that Nyla and Haley would work good together. Mm-hmm. I was like, that I see. That I, I feel like see. Nyla and Kim too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, Lucy we've already established that Lucy and Kim would get along really well. I think. Oh, for yeah. sure. Yeah. And everyone always like, wants. Do Haley you guys think that Tim would hate Adam? I <laughs> feel like. Tim yeah. Would yeah. Adam. <laughs> He would get annoyed with him for sure. Because yeah. Adam's such a like dork goof. I feel like Tim and Atwater would work really well together. Probably Ooh, bullying yeah. Adam. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I had said like Jackson and Atwater, like working mm-hmm. together. Yeah. I could see Kevin like kind of taking Jackson under his wing a little bit. Yeah, Kevin would be a good mentor. That would be really interesting, especially as Adam or like with Kevin's recent storylines with mm-hmm. like finding what it means to be a black cop that would be a really interesting dynamic yeah. mm-hmm. Angela would totally like 
bag on Adam. She would totally like, oh, just like rip him to shreds. Like duo, that duo. That's that's the golden one. But like Burzak and like Wopez like double date, and like Adam tries to tell jokes, and like Wesley and and then Kim is like, I'm so sorry. Yeah, it would be Kim would start the bullying to make it known that it's okay. Yeah, <laughs> and Angela would just like jump right on board and just keep it going. Like everyone else would like stop. Wesley and would it. probably be on some of Adam's dad jokes wavelength. Oh yeah, yeah. probably. And yeah, then yeah. Angela and Kim like shaking their heads in embarrassment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that would be so good. Make it happen. <laughs> Ugh. the minute that Voight does something like bad Nolan tries to like suck up to him to like get on his good side and everyone else is like no we're not doing that <laughs> yeah he's like uninvited you're like uninvited to Molly's yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh do we have any other notes on the episode I think we kind of covered it all yeah yeah um but anyway you guys can find us on twitter at the shop talk pod underscore or email us at shop talk the rookie podcast at gmail.com with all of your thoughts um you can find us individually on twitter as well i'm at jstark804 and i'm at carrie hyman and then jules and lauren where can we find you guys so you can find our pod at the locker room oc on twitter and instagram and TikTok, Lauren's really TikToking it up lately. <laughs> um, and on streaming platforms, just the locker room one Chicago. Uh, on Twitter, I am at 5021 Ida. And I'm at Lucifer's Berzek. Yeah. So thank you guys so much for coming on. It was a lot of fun. Thank you for having us. This was so fun and it made me so much more excited to watch the show like there's always something special about finding a new show you want to watch but this whole added dynamic of like having you guys and being Mm -hmm. like hearing all of this just makes me even more excited to get into it i can't wait to like see more of your live tweet threads yeah well i you know thanksgiving break i got one more day of work tomorrow and then i'll we'll i'll really get it maybe finish season one and see where it takes me yeah yes um but anyway like if you guys want any merch you know we have our t public store they're doing a bunch of sales for the holidays um and next week we're taking a break for thanksgiving but we'll be back in december recapping 408 so that'll be fun all right so bye guys bye, bye. go get them boo